0: Parliament Speaker Jerry Brownlee is overturning the blanket ban on lobbyists having swipe card access to Parliament. Now, swipe card access to Parliament for lobbyists was removed by the previous Speaker Adrian Rudolfi. That was last year after a request from Labour Prime Minister Chris Hipkins. Now, Mr Brownlee's move comes as the Ministry of Justice draws up a new code of conduct for lobbyists aimed at increasing ethical standards and transparency in the industry. Investigative journalist Gohan it has the story and joins us now. Kia ora, good morning. Good morning. Now, swipe cards, Guy. It's not like they're the most important thing when it comes to lobbying reform, but they are very symbolic, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they are, which is why I think uh, the Prime Minister moved last April to ask the Speaker, who's effectively the landlord of Parliament, he can decide who comes in and goes, uh, to, to remove the swipe card. Access, And I think his line was something like that they should go in the front door like everyone else. So I, I, I agree. I think that the, this is a symbolic thing for the lobbying industry. So that's quite a... Big move for Jerry Barney to overturn that. Well, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, he's, I, I spoke to him. He said he doesn't agree with a blanket ban on lobbyists having swipe card access. But look, to, to be fair to him, he's not talking about some sort of return to what it p- was previously. It used to be about 80 people were on this list with the swipe card access. He told me he's not going to facilitate the commercial activity of lobbying firms. He has approved about four new people. He says they could be described as having lobbying roles, but it depends how you define lobbying, he told me. Um, They're not professional lobbyists from, you know, the third party sort of lobbying firms, and they largely assist people at Parliament, he said. But the thing is, Corrin, is we don't know who they are because he won't, um, hand over this approved visitor list the previous speakers have had a, a list of who's, who's got these swipe cards uh, Jerry Brownlee told me that he would not be releasing that um, to RNZ and he says that um, you know, these people need their privacy protected Just a, a pointer on this one I mean if it was in Australia would we know? I'm, I'm not. We certainly would know who's lobbying for who in Australia. They're highly regulated. In terms of their access to, to Parliament, I'm not sure about right. that, to be honest. But what I do know is that in Australia, and you can do it from, from your from your home here, uh, you can have a look at their register of lobbyists and find out who lobbies for which company. That's uh, very public in Australia. Indeed.
0: Right. Now, along with this uh, swipe card issue, you've got this Ministry of Justice work on the voluntary code, which is kind of the bigger fish here, isn't well, it? Well really? that's
1: right, I mean a, a, and we talked about the removal of the swipe card access for lobbyists, at the same time uh, the Prime Minister, uh, Chris Hipkins at the time, said okay I, I want a review of this that the Ministry of Justice is is, is going to, uh, to lead, so they've been getting together with lobbyists and trying to nut all this out um, and, and they talked about and looked at about 40 codes from countries around the world who have a lobbying because New Zealand's a real outlier on this and doesn't really have um, regulation at all. This is a voluntary code, one of the One that interests me was that it said that lobbyists should not offer gifts or hospitality to public officials that create a sense of obligation. Now, that would be a a big change because when we did the uh, investigation into this last year, they saw that was a very common technique to target officials, ministerial advisers, wines, dinner, um, events, those sorts of things. And then there'd be catch ups to to try
0: try to put their case, so that yeah. would be a change. That, so, that's a, a tricky term, isn't it? I mean, sense of obligation. I mean, how would you even define that? If someone, how do you prove that? Well, that's
1: that's a good point. Um, and this is the uh, sceptics have this problem with the code that that it's it's too um, bland or morphous, if you like, and and there aren't tools to actually um, implement what it's saying. But but it does talk about most of those things that um, you know you'll hear about in these conversations, things like transparency, who's lobbying for who, Um, things like having stand down periods if you've gone from a high political job to to the lobbying industry. But again, problem is there's nothing in a voluntary code here that would um, enforce these rules or even set them very tightly.
0: The lobbying industry, what are they saying? I mean, are they going to buy into a, a voluntary code? Well, yeah, it might be one of those things, oh, let's do it to ourselves
1: before they do it to us, sort of thinking. You know, there might be a bit of that in it. There, there, there is a survey by the Ministry of Justice that said that, because uh, they talked to all the lobbyists and interested parties, about 80% thought there should be a code of conduct. 56% of those thought it should be voluntary and just 34% thought it should be mandated by government. On what's government regulation where they think that they can avoid it? But Look, I've talked to a number of people who don't think it goes far enough. Holly Bennett is one of these. She's been leading the charge, if you like, a little bit from within the lobbying industry saying, hey, look, we need better regulation. She owns a company called Afi, and they say that they couldn't sign up to it in this um, form because it just simply doesn't go far enough. She pointed out the, uh, the stand-down periods or revolving door, saying you really have to have those mandated by government, not by the industry.
0: Would that be, was there any talk of a time period there? I mean, a year, six months, what are we talking about? Yeah, no, they don't. They don't. In terms of the revolving door,
1: no, they don't. I mean, in Australia, it's 18 months. Um, You'll see some countries, I think Canada, up to five years. I don't think anyone's suggesting that here. But they haven't set this down at all. It'll be interesting to see uh, where Paul Goldsmith goes on this. He's the Minister of Justice. He he wouldn't do an interview with me. I think you guys might have tried uh, to get him on too. Yeah, he's saying, look, this work will finish in about April, and he'll look at decisions from there. But I have to say that National quite tough in opposition on this. That they wanted a mandated 12-month period and a publicly accountable register of
0: who was doing the lobbying for who. So um, they wanted an opposition. Be interesting to see uh, what they want in government. Just important to remember too why there is a stand down period necessary because presumably ministers would have, past ministers had access to information that could still be live. Well, that's right. I mean, you
1: know all your um, cabinet colleagues' position on everything. You, you've seen the latest paperwork. I mean, effectively, you're trying to protect privileged state information. That, that, that's why you're doing it now um, for, for, for those obvious reasons. You say have a cool off period. Once the stuff comes a bit more out of date, then okay, you can go into the industry. But that's why most countries have them.
0: Very good. Thank you very much, investigative journalist Guyan Espiner with the story there. And yes, uh, Minister of Justice Paul Goldsmith declined our interview to come on the programme this morning. Now, in a statement, he says the Ministry of Justice has been working on a voluntary lobbying code and he expects the work to be finished by
1: April.